You're listening to the Disney One by One podcast, a chronological look at every Disney animated classic and beyond. Here's your host, Mike Rolfing. Hello and welcome again to Disney One by One. We are here. This is not some figment of your imagination. That's a uh, subtle Epcot reference there. But uh, (laughs) we are here. It is Tuesday, November 24th, and this is a new episode of Disney One by One. Um, And here with me, as always, is my brother, David Rolfing. David, welcome back to Disney One by One. And welcome back to St. Louis, because now we live in the same city again. We'll hear hear all about that in a little bit. And joining us, you heard him on Pinocchio, Saludos Amigos, Peter Pan, Black Cauldron, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Treasure Planet, The Princess and the Frog, and our outro episode in February, Chris Lair. Welcome back. Oh, Rolfings. It's good to be back. I've missed this. So the big question, the big question for these people that just got a notification about Disney one by one on their iPhones this morning. Why are we here? We did a, uh, a goodbye episode. It was released February 5th of 2020. And believe it or not, we've had about 6,000 downloads since the show actually ended. So there's still people listening. So thank you to all of you who are listening. Wow. Disney's 59th animated feature, Raya and the Last Dragon, was originally going to be released tomorrow, November 25th, 2020. But alas, it has been pushed to March 12th of 2021, which who knows if it's even, if it's even to come out then. <laughs> I'd be surprised <laughs> if we're ready then. So It was a much more permanent goodbye episode than we originally planned, I think. <laughs> That's true. So we're here with uh, no official movie to talk about, but we're going to talk about uh, life. We're going to talk about... What we've been doing in the last uh, number of months, talk about movies we've watched, Disney things we've experienced, and uh, just see what happens. So, Chris, our our special guest, our specialist guest, what's been happening in uh, pandemic life? Oh, man, so much. We actually, uh, it's been a trip. My, My company, Big Forest, has launched another podcast called Connected at the Roots, which is where we talk to local business owners and really kind of dig into their origin story and what makes them them and all that good stuff. But pandemic wise, our company, we lost a couple clients. It's been very turbulent in that way, but uh, we've also prospered in by some grace of God, we've made money. It's, it's been quite, quite the experience. We actually did a special show during the pandemic called Covidio 19. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> like a like a talking head show. Again, engaging local business. Yeah, where can people where can people find that? That would you could find that anywhere you could find our company. So Big Forest Video that would pop up on YouTube, Vimeo, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, and this was like a really snarky kind of talk show. Yeah. That was like so sarcastic. <laughs> it was hard to tell if you're being sarcastic sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it was very tongue in cheek. And we definitely kind of leaned into the more fun aspects as much as we could because times were kind of depressing. So, yeah. So we did that. That was fun. We did like just under 10 episodes of it. And otherwise, I did get COVID. Oh, you did? Back. Yeah. About almost a month ago, actually. How was that? Can you taste your food yet? Oh, man. See, that was the worst thing. I learned the word anosmia because I was Googling so much about everything. <clears throat> Apparently, that's when you lose your taste and smell. That's anosmia. And boy, oh boy, like the fever and all that jazz, it was like a like a bad flu. I've had worse flus, but it didn't last very long. But losing smell and taste was crazy. 
not fun. That was it was like depressing on another level. Just nothing. It was so weird because you're not congested. You just can't smell. <laughs> Were you like feeling symptoms and when you got a test or how did how did it go? How did that come about? Man, I don't even. I started kind of coming down with something. I was like, man, I'm not feeling so hot. But I didn't think. I was like, it. it I had no tightness in the chest, no cough. I just thought it was like a cold. Uh, and then it hit me like a freight train, and I started getting like all the. I never really got shortness of breath. At the very end, I had a slight cough. So I I don't know. It was pretty brief. So, so what'd you do for 10 days or two weeks at home? Okay. So this was back in October, which was uh, not that long ago, but you know, it was mid October and we, we watched a lot of cooking shows. <laughs> we watched, <laughs> Even though you couldn't taste or smell anything. It doesn't matter it's on TV. Yeah. I was like, we can, became obsessed with this. Like, Oh, I wonder why that probably tastes amazing. But we, it was uh, this one show on Hulu called Halloween Wars. So it's like this special show that Food Network does like once a year and they like do these, they combine pumpkin carving, like uh, bake cake baking or whatever, and then sugar work. And then they all work together to make like this diorama piece and it's, mm-hmm. it got us through. So good. How about the great British baking show? Did you watch that? We didn't get to that. Ah. We, we wrapped up Halloween Wars just in time to try to get normal again. Okay. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, it was. A, I mean, not, was in a a good way, not in a good way, but it's exciting. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. it wasn't too bad. So, I mean, we're blessed that it didn't hit as harder. Sure, as as hospitals as hospitals in St. Louis are filled to the brim right now. Yeah, yeah, got that second wave hitting or, or something. Well, glad you're feeling better, David. You've had quite a few changes since we recorded our oh last episode. <laughs> Everything has changed. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's 2020. Yeah. So February. <laughs> March, I got laid off when I was on oh. a, a trip through my company in Mexico. I got laid off over the phone along with 25% of employees because the travel industry... at one of your company properties. In, yeah, the travel in industry was obviously the first to like start to tank. So I, I, oh. I lost my job. Um, so I was just looking for jobs unemployed for a few months. I got a new job in June, still living in Denver, working remote. And then for a company in St. Louis. Yes. And then we moved back home to St. Louis in July and bought a house, bought our first house. Yeah. So now we're living in St. Louis, which I haven't lived here since high school, 2012, almost 10 years ago. Good to have you. Mike is just a 12 minute drive away now. That's awesome. And yeah, my wife's family lives here as well. So everybody's here. This is amazing. And now my company is getting rid of all of our offices, so I didn't really have to move back, it turns out. <laughs> but overall, I think it's, it's, it's been a positive change, <laughs> and we have lots more friends and family in St. Louis than we did in Denver during these uh, challenging times, so it's it's been great. Challenging times indeed. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you have a new member in your family. Oh, yeah. And then three weeks ago, we got a second puppy, a hey. golden retriever rescue from Chris thought you had a baby. <laughs> I know. I thought it was like a baby. <laughs> Chris's reaction was totally uh, a baby reaction. I got excited. Yeah. No. There, I don't think enough months have gone by for a baby to be born. Maybe. February? <laughs> Is that nine months ago? About nine. Oh, yeah. We got a dog from Turkey. He was rescued from like Turkey, like Eastern Europe, Turkey. Flown what? to China, to South Korea. <laughs> And then to Chicago, and then some foster family in St. Louis got him from Chicago, and then we adopted him from them. 
holy cow, that's like a Disney movie. <laughs> like, yeah. following this dog's story across Homeward, the world. Homeward Bound. Yeah. yeah. So he, he made it home to the Rolfings. Right. I was going to say, are you sure that is an accurate story, or did someone tack that on to make it feel more dramatic? You can Google street dogs in Turkey, and there's like a bunch of news stories about how many stray dogs there are there, including golden retrievers. So it's it seems legit. Wow. But I guess there's no way for us to trace him back there. And what's your dog's name? Strider, named after hey. heir to the throne of Gondor, Aragorn Strider. <laughs> Excellent yeah. name. Excellent name. That is a good dog name. We got a cat during pandemics. So. I saw a cat behind you. Yeah. I'm sure he'll disrupt more as this unfolds. Name? His name is Charlie. It's Charles in the formal you know, stance, hmm. but hmm. but uh, we all we call him Charlie or Chuck. He's a good boy. We got him at like four and a half weeks old, which after fierce Googling, I was like, that might have been just a bit too young. But we've we've really loved getting to like raise him. And I think pet adoption has skyrocketed now that everybody's home for the most yeah. part. Yeah. Yeah. Because in Denver, I remember hearing that the animal shelters were all like empty for a few weeks in back wow. in May, May or June. Yeah. I hope that remains a good thing. You know, they're getting good homes that are going to not just kind of phone it in or just follow a trend. Yep. Well, I also added a member to, uh, to yeah, my you family. Added a member to your family. <laughs> Is it a dog? No. I know that's not. <laughs> it was a goldfish. We named it Nemo. Wow. <laughs> no, April 2nd, we uh, popped out another kiddo. Hey. Right as everything was ramping up. Uh, Man, was that stressful? Not really. The hospital was empty because it was either people with COVID or people having babies because everything else was shut down. Right. You know, all elective procedures and all these things. And so the baby wing was quite separate from the COVID wing and no visitors were allowed and you had to, you know, get your temperature taken every time you walked in the building. And that was right before, or not even right before, that was kind of way before masks were like everywhere. So like all the nurses were wearing masks, but they didn't make me wear one or Mallory, which wow, which these days sounds crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it. It was actually not too bad because, like, sure having visitors and stuff is great when you have a kid, but at the same time it's kind of nice to just like have your own space and oh when, sure when no one was allowed to, to enter besides me. Right, it actually wasn't too bad, and they let us go earlier than they usually would because we didn't because we were fine and we wanted to get out of the hospital. So, oh yeah, yeah for sure. But yeah, that was that was April two. Prior to that, I had a epic solo baby moon planned to Disneyland. Oh, solo! <laughs> that, uh, yeah, I was going by myself. Oh, <laughs> well, I was gonna okay. meet. I was gonna meet my cousin out there, and that was scheduled for March fifteenth, March fourteenth, and that was like two days after like the NBA decided to stop playing. You know, like all these big things were happening. Ah, uh, yeah. And I decided to cancel the trip, and then. Literally three hours after I canceled it all, Disney announced that Disneyland was shutting down. So I felt a little bit better after that. I was like, am I making the right decision? Am I crazy to cancel this? Because there aren't that many cases. Yet. And then Disneyland's like, no, nah, we're closing. So you're like, well, there it is. There's my side. I had three days planned and I was <sighs> going to go on Rise of the Resistance three times. I still haven't watched a video of that ride. The main, I did. I you broke. Don't. don't <laughs> I haven't either. Tell me anything. I broke. So I had... Three days planned to the parks. I was going to see my cousin. I was going to see a friend. There is a great Disneyland podcast called Mouse Mousestalgia that I listened to. And just coincidentally, they were hosting this breakfast in the park. Like before it opened, they got some exclusive deals. So I had like sign up for this where you get to like go into the theme park, 
Disneyland before anyone else with like 50 people and there was like an Imagineer that was going to like speak at this breakfast and then you got to check in. Oh my gosh. Like all these these awesome plans. And then uh, COVID happened and I had to cancel it all. So. Oh man. Oh, and, I, oh, and, oh. and I subsequently canceled two, two other Disney trips. I, I rescheduled that trip for July because we were going to be in Michigan, Michigan with my in-laws for two weeks and like I'll leave for two days to go to California. Whatever, we got enough help. And then I canceled that. And then oh. just this coming weekend, we were supposed to be in Florida for Thanksgiving with the fam because mm-hmm. my our parents have a condo down there. And we were planning on taking my two-year-old to the Magic Kingdom for a day on Saturday, this coming Saturday. But we decided not to travel. Uh, and so that all got canceled. So I'm sitting on a couple Magic Kingdom tickets right now that we'll use, we'll use at some point. Wow. Yeah, we decided not to fly over Thanksgiving, which who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, if everyone decides not to fly, the airports will probably be empty. But hey. that's probably a good thing. Right. Probably a good right. thing. What a year. So we'll see. I think we may schedule, just pick a random weekend and schedule another Disney trip and hope everything's okay in like sometime in March. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Can always I mean, cancel it again. Right. That's true. And there's, everyone's wearing masks there, right? Yes. I think. Yes. Yeah. They've got it pretty well they, figured out. I think they pretty strictly enforce it. Well, speaking in the parks, masks, but nowhere else in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw it, one of the top posts on Reddit a few minutes ago was like a massive crowds at, at some bar maskless i don't know what city in florida but mm. yeah florida's right. always been a little wild so yeah. you expect it yeah play by their own rules over there speaking of masks yes. mike yes do you want to kind of <laughs> sure talk a little bit about your your video project mike's been... been on the news lately yeah oh so my gosh a little more a little context i i work at a school i do communications and marketing for a private school here in town private high school middle school we're back on campus. Everyone's there for the most part. Everyone's wearing masks. Awesome. They have all the kids carry around these plastic dividers that they set on their desks to kind of put shields between themselves. And we've shortened the school day so that they don't have to eat lunch on campus. Um, anyway, and it's all, it's working. So, but we got to do things differently. And every year we always have some sort of talent show, variety show. And uh, I wanted to still do that because it's fun and the kids need something because so many things are getting canceled. Sports are different. You know, everything's just different. Oh, yeah. We can't have big gatherings. And so I decided to produce basically an America's Got Talent episode <laughs> featuring oh man, featuring 16 or 17 different student performances that I filmed all, you know, quite cinematically. And, and we had a $300 grand prize and we had a sponsor and all this stuff. And it was a really fun show. And we broadcasted all the classrooms on a Friday afternoon and the kids got to vote live on their iPads and pick the winner. And it was really cool. But to, to introduce the show, I wanted to create some big epic me- opening musical number like you'd see at the beginning of the, the Oscars or the Tonys. Yeah, or, Oscars. That's what know. I thought of was Oscars. <laughs> and I don't really know where specifically the idea came from, but I the the, the thought of uh, Another Day of Sun from La La Land popped into my head, which is the big opening number from that uh, Oscar-winning movie. Didn't win Best Picture. It was announced as Best Picture, but then it, it didn't. Did. It, almost, <laughs> it, won it best seemed picture. like it did. It won Best Picture for about 45 seconds. <laughs> and I took the song Another Day of Sun, which is all about people singing about the glory days of Hollywood, and I changed it to Another Day of Masks and rewrote all the lyrics about... Uh, did you write those lyrics? Yeah, I did. I did. Wow. In a pretty brief period of time. I think I just like sat on my computer one night and just kind of did it. But it's all, about, it's all about the story of how... And it doesn't like specifically mention like COVID or anything like that, but it's basically about how we got sent home during spring break. We didn't come back and now we're here and we're all wearing masks. Yeah. Um, and I enlisted probably 200 people on campus to be a part of this thing in various capacities. And 
we had the dance team do custom choreography and the cheerleaders were in it and the band and and a couple of lead singers some some guys some a senior and a junior who are incredibly talented and anyway so i put this ridiculous video together and it's gotten some traction which is really fun i think about the day when we could high five and hug in the hallway we were so naive and it was fun and it was cool we could even see our teeth at school and swim in the pool but then came the day we left and went to spring break then we had to stay away we were stuck at home and taking class on a machine we saw our friends on a screen and sanitized and cleaned it was picked up by the NBC station here in town. There's a little story about it on KSDK a couple mornings ago. And then uh, a few days ago on Friday, uh, the local NPR station on a show called St. Louis On The Air, they interviewed myself and one of the stars, Sam Parker Stillman, about uh, the video, which is cool. They played like a whole minute of the song. And NP- the 90.7 here in town is a very, very popular radio station it's our it's our npr station did you go to the studio or did you do it from home no we did it from from school i brought this microphone and i set oh, okay. up a mic for sam they didn't they're not they're not bringing people into the studio yeah that makes sense if you watch it if you go on youtube you search another day of masks it'll come up um yeah and you'll see i wanted to emulate la la land the in the opening number of the movie it's all one big long continuous shot and that's not the vision i had i wanted to show a lot more of the campus and all this thing but i was glad you did that instead yeah thanks but, uh, oh, that was a good move. But La La Land is shot with wide-angle lenses, that right. sort of wide aspect ratio. There's a lot of jib shots and cranes and a lot of long takes. And so, a lot of drone in yours, right? And so I don't have a big jib or, or, or a crane, but I did uh, bust my drone out indoors and outdoors to get some of those cool sweeping shots. So oh, yeah, it was, was fun. Awesome. It turned out really nice. How long did it take? I have two questions. Yeah. How long did it take to film and then how long did it take to edit? Those things were kind of going in tandem. The oh. trickiest part is just coordinating all of that. If you watch it, you'll see there's many, many setups. The editing of something like that is not that hard because most of the shots are, are pretty long. It's a lot of mm-hmm. longer takes. I probably could have edited the whole thing in a day. <laughs> right. Know? Like just buckle down, yeah. get her done. Uh, the video, yeah, the video I, edit, I mean, the audio editing took a little while because I recorded the two leads separately and I recorded the choir separately and I mixed it myself. And then I sent it to Brent Johnson, our friend at cool fire. And he, ah, <laughs> I had, a, I was wondering, I was like, is Brent involved? Yeah. He's gotta be. No, he's, one of the, he's, he's the best sound mixer in town. So that helps. Oh, uh, right. Exactly. So he, he made that better than I could have. Man, what a production. Then, yeah. Just lots of coordinating, a lot of kids involved, but it was cool. Yeah. Please check it out. If you're listening another day of masks, yeah. it's pretty enjoyable. It's sitting at over 6,000 views right now. Something, I something lighthearted and fun for this uh, bummer world we're in right now. That's right. We got to make light of it somehow. So let's talk a little a little Disney. This is in fact a Disney podcast. That's true. I've still been delving into various Disney properties uh, over the last number of months. Chris, how about you? Any any Disney going down since February? You know, I I wish I could say I've watched more, but <laughs> I I I should have watched a bunch when I was when I had COVID. But I watched the Mulan remake. Have either of you seen that? I started it. I didn't finish it. <laughs> yeah. I I didn't want to hurt your feelings. No, that's okay. I read reviews and I saw that they were horrible and I didn't want to waste my time. 
absolutely hated it. Garbage. Hey, I didn't even finish it. (laughs) Wow. Well, I don't blame you. It's no. I would not even say. Yeah, go back and finish it. Yeah. Nah. Uh, So there's that. Mandalorian, of course. I'm actually not up to date. I'm one behind. Okay. And then probably the like the pinnacle of what I've observed on Disney Plus recently was. Do you guys remember that old Disney Channel original movie, Halloween Town? No, of course. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, David. Uh, Disney Channel we- was my life. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. Mine too. So I went back. My sister and I used to watch that special every year. It was like part of our traditions around Halloween. So I went back and I watched it, showed it to my wife, and, and I was like, man, this sucks but but i like it it's it's uh it's charming to the max so halloween that's town? it hollow you gotta check it out it's weird man 1998 yeah that sounds about right that was when i was in sixth grade david you've seen this yeah of course it reeks of the 90s but in the best way uh how about you guys yeah david what's been your disneying since february <laughs> The only Disney-ing I think I've experienced is Mandalorian. Really, I don't ah, know if I've... Yeah. Like, I have Disney+, Plus, but the only thing I've watched on there has been that show over the past six months. I mean, right, I let's, like let's Mandalorian. Talk, let's it's, talk Mando, yeah. What do you think yeah, of it? It's, yeah. I'm not a fan of Star Wars 8 and 9, let's say. I guess that kind of gives you a... You used whatever. to like 9. Have you finally turned around? Okay, nine. You, were, you, eight, were, a, you were a big fan of nine when it came out. <laughs> eight just took the train off the tracks, and nine had to get it kind of back on the tracks. It's like one wheel on the tracks. <laughs> yeah, I disagree, but that's okay. I'm I'm with you, David. I eight made me think, like it made me question whether Disney was competent enough to even handle the property. I was like, this is such a travesty. But nine was a slow burn of like, like like I when I watched it I was like okay whatever they're just trying to fix eight's mistakes and then like over the course of weeks I'd be like man is that a bad movie it's <laughs> I don't so know. What bad about you? it's yeah. so bad rise rise yeah, of skywalker it's so bad yeah. in so many ways it's soured over time for me well the trilogy just sucks because they didn't write it all up front yeah, it's David. so disjointed. It just yeah. can't fit together. Can't work. Agreed. But Mandalorian is a fun show. It's yeah. It's I like how they keep the plot simple. It basically the story is like a RPG video game. You take yeah, very little side quests each episode. Oh, yeah. There's a main storyline which is Baby Yoda, but each episode kind of goes on its own little tangent. This season they are hinting at some larger themes and bringing in some larger characters um which i won't spoil but so i'm excited for that but i do like how it's it's simple like you can enjoy it yeah episode by episode and not really know what else goes on in the star wars world so i think that's pretty fun yeah the practical effects and the way that they seem to be orchestrating the production feels a lot more like a return to form so i enjoy that yeah, and and they they're bringing back a lot of familiar, familiar creatures, familiar faces. Yeah, but Tech it doesn't it doesn't familiar. feel like super fan servey most servicey oh, most I, of the I time. Agree. It does sometimes, mm-hmm. but like you actually, there's a there's an episode in this new season where 
he like hangs out with sand people for a couple days. You know? oh, I, lo- like, I love that. And you man. like you you get to see the sand people as more than just these these yelling monsters. Ogre, you know, monsters. Yeah, the whole both seasons do a great job of expanding the universe and kind of diving further into these like towns and cultures than we've seen in any of the movies. Um, I think the the Clone Wars did the same thing because they have like, you know, one off episodes where they go to a planet, they get to know the local people, they do something to help them or whatever. That's kind of what Mandalorian does is it gives you a closer look at these cultures, which the movies are way too high level to to get into meeting new people and different natives. I will say the the, one of the only things I liked in episode nine was when they're they go to that deserty planet and there's those like thousands of creatures dancing at some festival yes like the burning man star wars burning man burning yeah. man I that, that, that was, was a hint kinda, of that but i thought it's that like, was cool you get it for like 20 seconds yeah you don't get to know any of those people i know but i was like this is something different finally and then they get, end up on speeders being chased by stormtroopers like well we saw yeah. that we saw that in the last third movie in a trilogy yeah yeah very true yeah there's a difference between familiar and tired and in that way, it did feel like tired when it's like, ah, oh, another chase. Not like this. Yep. Oh, yeah. episode, you, oh, I just, I, episode, episode nine is so bad. I'm just thinking yeah. of, I'm thinking of more elements of it. What's your least favorite thing about episode nine? That Ray is a Palpatine. <laughs> like how, st- how no, stupid. No, that's good. No, it's that, so, that's it's, it is excellent. And it's such an antithesis <laughs> of that entire trilogy. The uh. whole point of it is. The Force is awakening. More people can use the Force. Finn can use the Force. He's a stormtrooper, but he can wield a lightsaber. There's Broom Boy, and like all of a sudden, it's like, no, she's Palpatine. No, yeah, she's Palpatine. She's that's the most, why I liked it. She's really the most powerful person <laughs> in the universe. Like just, no one's only 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 this only these two families are special. You like Episode Eight, don't you, Mike? Uh, I like it more than I used to. Wow. I think I don't get it. I think it has. I'm with you, David. I think it has more memorable set pieces than nine yeah yeah but it doesn't help the story at all at at what cost i think i think you're getting more (laughs) things new things about the force that are interesting uh you get a ruined luke skywalker not that big a fan of eight but i think it's better than nine i can respect that sort of (laughs) nine's just a joke Nine is a joke, right, how about, which is partially why I like it. How about 35,000 rebel ships versus 3,000 star destroyers that came Man, out of the ground? It just doesn't, make any, such it a, doesn't make any sense. Such a mess. I mean, the, the sp- slow-mo space chase in episode eight, the whole movie where they could just send <laughs> TIE fighters at them. Like, Oh, there's so that's many. That's a joke. So many workarounds they could have done. Military incompetency. I'll, I'll reiterate what I've probably said before, and I, th- I think Rogue One and, and Solo, a Star Wars story, are far superior to the other three Star Wars oh, movies that have been made. I, I agree. I agree. Much more rewatchability. Yeah, too. I mean, I remember I remember sitting, you know, Solo only came out, what, five months after Episode Eight, which is, yeah. one, of the, which is one of the reasons why I didn't make a lot of money, because people were so sour on Episode Eight. Yes. Yep. And I remember that ending and be like, wow, that was actually fun. Because episode, oh, like well, episode 8 wasn't. <laughs> no. But yeah, Mandalorian's cool. I think they definitely have a bigger budget this season. The first season looked look good, but it's the second season. Those, I mean, that first episode with that giant dragon, I mean, that is yeah, that is big budget movie quality in a 40-minute episode on a streaming service, <laughs> which is pretty impressive. Yeah. I wonder if they're 
non green screen green screen studio setup like changed it all for the second season or if it's the exact same like size oh yeah the projections right weren't, yeah. weren't they doing like a projection yeah. technology well, what, yeah what dave was talking about is they have this studio they call it do they call it the void or something like that there's a name for it yeah um where they have these massive super high resolution led screens that surround the actors and the cameras are you know connected to the image on the screen so as the camera move moves the backgrounds on the screens behind them move in parallax so that it feels and looks like when you're looking through the camera they're actually in that location outstanding and so the the backgrounds and things are actually rendered behind them in camera as opposed to added on later in post-production that's the future of filmmaking magic that's going to be used for 50 percent of movies i bet in the future it's an updated version. If you watch like the old school James Bond movies where Bond's yeah. like driving the car and they're clearly proje- projecting an image behind him, like on a wall. Yeah. Um, this is like the ultimate version of that. Or even uh, King Kong, you know, they did that too, like way back in the day with Fay Ray and they had the projection of Kong fighting the dinosaurs. It's the same kind of thing. And it's nice because then the actor can actually, yes. you know, react to something and it looks so real because they also they have screens on the ceiling too and they're getting the right reflections on their faces yes so it's very convincing and so you know when you when you're shooting on green screen or blue screen you just you can never quite get the lighting i mean they're pretty good at getting it pretty darn close but this is just like another level of of real realisticness <laughs> realism um in, in your shot chris what was the last movie you saw in theaters oh that's a good question Huh. Because I know Mike's and he knows mine. So. <laughs> uh, man, I don't actually remember. It can't be Aquaman. It might have been Aquaman. What? Wait, what? I, I don't think it is. No, that came, that? no, that came out before episode nine. It did? Okay, oh, yeah. then it was episode nine. But that can't be right. It might have been episode nine. You know, the more I think about it, what? that's got to be it. Was that? That was just last, last year? year? Yeah, it was. What was Last it? December, wasn't it? Seems like a lot longer ago. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's been quite the year, so. <laughs> okay, well, Mike and I share our last movie theater experience as Tenet, but Mike's was at a drive-in. Oh, no, I didn't. No, I didn't Tenet. go to the, I didn't go to the drive-in. Oh, you didn't? No, I went. Well, I was planning on it, and then my wife was way too tired, so we just canceled it. Um, oh. No, I went to a an empty theater on a Sunday night at ten o'clock to go see Tenet. There was one other person. Was it good? I don't know. <laughs> what? What do you mean you don't know? <laughs> That's uh, a good answer. Nolan. <laughs> Sounds like Nolan. It needs, I need to watch it again with subtitles. Ay, 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 with subtitles. Why? You can't understand what they're saying. Because it's Why? super confusing and Nolan's sound mixes are terrible. And if Well, that's, yeah. So yeah. everybody has the same complaint. About the sound? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And oh I went to the gosh. Esquire, which is, I went to because it's really close to my house, but I've complained about this theater on the show multiple times and the, the theater sucks. And so it doesn't help to like be in a somewhat crummy theater with a movie. Why'd you go there? Because it doesn't matter. I was at AMC Creve Core in a brand new theater and it sounded bad there too. Like I was so confused and the theater was so empty that at one point I pulled out my phone and started reading a plot synopsis. Cheater. Oh my gosh. While, while watching. Yes. Cause I didn't know what was happening. (laughs) Yikes. Okay. You don't know what's happening in that movie until you're 75% through the movie. It's not a good <laughs> ah. watching experience. Ah, not that's my what, cup of tea. That's why I want to see it again. And even once you hit that, like, okay, I, I kind of get what's going on. You still don't entirely know what's going on. 
Well, it comes out on streaming platforms, I think, December 15th. So I'll I'll, do a, I'll definitely watch it again then. Let's do a watch party. I want to go back to Disney real quick. Oh, yes. I want to yes, give a Mike. shout out to something I watched on Disney+. Plus. You can listen to our Frozen 2 episode and hear that I'm not that big of a fan of Frozen 2. Yeah. But there is a documentary series on Disney Plus called Into the Unknown, Making a Frozen 2. I think it's five or six episodes. And it is one of the best behind the scenes things I've ever seen. And I've watched a lot I've heard of that. I've watched a lot of behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> it used to be like all I did when I was in high school. It is way more in-depth and candid than you normally get in in Disney content. You know, most really? most Disney behind the scenes stuff is very fluffy. You know, it's very uh-huh. featurette. Just like, everything's great and everyone's happy and this was the greatest thing we've ever worked on. And there's a little bit of that in this, but it follows in great detail the directors, the producers, the songwriters, and you really get to see a lot of the nitty gritty of making these movies and how it, it, it is not perfect. I, and, and just some of the things they do and some of the challenges they have to overcome are <laughs> you wouldn't expect from such a big company. But it, it's actually kind of reassuring that everyone in any creative field at any creative level has to deal with some of these things. Right. I mean, the amount of times they were rewriting scenes after things had already been animated. Oh, what? You know, and. They do. They would do, uh, you know, a screenings every few months where they'd bring in all these other directors who've worked on Disney movies. So it's like Andrew Stanton and Brad Bird, you know, all these like famous directors in one room watching whatever the latest cut is, and then they go into a conference room together and they just tear it apart. Um, aye, so like just aye. like the process to get these movies where they ultimately end up being is incredible. And this documentary shows that really, really well. Now I still, so are you, are you, I still don't think Frozen Two is that good of a movie. <laughs> right? You're saying it could have been worse. Yes. Well. Um, and, I, and I will say one of the greatest moments in this in this series, and I think it might be the first episode, which is probably what hooked me, is like I said, it follows the songwriters a lot, Kristen and uh, Kristen Anderson, mm-hmm. Lopez and Bobby. There's a couple. They're married, yeah. husband and wife. Right. The Lopez's, right. Anderson Lopez's. Their names are hyphenated. <laughs> it's confusing, and it shows them like in their Brooklyn apartment, you know, writing into the unknown, just you know, just on a keyboard and just singing together, and then it cuts to early on in the process when they are in the studio with the full orchestra playing it for the first time. And and Adina Menzel is in there listening and they all just start like tearing up because it's like, that's an epic song. No matter what you think about that movie, that that song is amazing. Pretty good soundtrack overall. And the Panic at the Disco version is even better. But um, watching them like see the fruits of their labor in front of their eyes for the first time was, uh, it's pretty awesome. Getting to bring their music to life in the moment is just so thrilling, and especially with a with a huge orchestra like this. Okay, ready to go. This is so cool. This is so cool. <laughs> Into the Other than that, we, we kind of, we t- I feel like we talked multiple times about maybe doing the Pixar movies on this show, and I probably could have done that because we've been going through most of those movies with my with my two and a half year old. We've watched WALL-E, Toy Story, Monsters, Incredibles, awesome. All uh, good. Up, Bugs mm-hmm. Life, mm-hmm. Car- she loves Cars, all the Cars movies. Cars, Cars, Cars. Really? Yeah, she loves Ka-chow. Cars. Lightning McQueen. Ka-chow. <laughs> I, uh. Recently, a few weekends ago, my goal was to convince her to wear a mask because she has yet to even want to touch her, you know, face mask. And so I said, all right, we're going to go to the toy store and you can pick out whatever toy you want, but you got to wear your mask to go inside. She said, okay. We have like a Mickey Mouse mask for her. 
and uh cute we went to the toy aisles at target and we walked down every aisle i tried to convince her to buy many things but she was completely sold on the uh mac truck from cars oh that's cute <laughs> that all of her cars can go on can go on wow she wanted, she wanted mac she wanted mac. that's great i tried to i tried to convince her to get the life-size baby yoda she wouldn't do it dang it <laughs> the remote controlled one uh no Where that was like around? no that was like 50 bucks but they had one you know real like life-size that was probably like 20 stuffed animal all right but other than that uh i watched hamilton do you guys watch Hamilton oh, on Disney Plus? Yes. Nope. No. Oh, it's good. At least twice. I mean, it's it is incredibly impressive. Some of the some of the tracks I find kind of repetitive, but overall, yeah. like or just in this viewing. I mean, I've only seen it. I had listened to the soundtrack before without really getting the full context. And yeah, watching it. I mean, it's it's a very impressive show. I I imagine I imagine some of like the overwhelming love people have for this show. You lose a little bit in the Disney Plus version, watching it on your couch at home. That's true. Like my point is, like seeing it live and like the energy in a live theater probably really makes a difference. That said, I did really enjoy my viewing of it on my couch. Mm. But I bet seeing it in person and knowing the songs well, I mean, people have you know are obsessed with it. It's it's, it's you know it's a it's a pop culture phenomenon. There's many, many, many people that have every song memorized. Like I, I again had to turn the subtitles on to understand half the stuff because they go so fast. Right. Um, which was very helpful. But yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible talent and it's an incredibly groundbreaking show. And just like I, I, I listened to an interview with Lynn Man- Manuel Miranda, who's given many interviews about Hamilton, obviously, but he was talking about how you know he was always into Broadway in theater, but he never thought he would be on stage because there were never any parts written for people like him. You know, he's, I forget what his ethnic background is, mm-hmm. but, and so, but he decided, you know, I'm just going to write my own shows that can work for people like me. And so he wrote in the Heights, which was his first big Tony award-winning musical, which features all sorts of different people of different backgrounds. And, uh, just seeing, you know, African-American people playing our founding fathers is kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, pretty <laughs> because, amazing. Because if you think about what was actually happening with black people back then, it's terrible. And so yeah. just that juxtaposition is it's it's very unique and quite groundbreaking and, and and just a really impressive show. Absolutely. I mean, I've got most of that soundtrack memorized and seeing it on. I, we saw it at the Fox last year, oh, I wow. think. Yeah. So it, and that was great. And then seeing it on Disney Plus, that was awesome. But my favorite experience was still just to straight listen through like just the audio because in my head, it's all. You know, it's all plotted out like as a film, so that's that's my favorite. My my first exposure to any Hamilton was a YouTube video. I'm sure if you just search, it would be Hamilton nonstop. The song is nonstop. About. Hamilton nonstop car lip sync. And it's you a, showed me that at Cool it, Fire. It, did I? It's like a family of seven people in a minivan lip syncing like. In, like perfectly perfect with like all of the emotion to that song nonstop, which I think is at the end of the first act. Yep. And it's a really energetic song. And I like that song a lot because I'm familiar. I'm more familiar with it because I've watched that video. I've watched that video like 10 times because it's incredibly impressive. <laughs> My favorite part is when the dad comes in is George Washington. Yeah. It's just so great. I'm like, this is perfect. <laughs> I think the family's last name is like Moldrup or something like that. M O L D. Is that right? M O L D. You are. I've seen it so many times. M O L D R U P Moldrup. I think you, you just look. like walked into my editing bay and you're like, you're like, Hey Chris, are you familiar with, with Hamilton? I was like, Oh yeah. You know, you, you gotta watch this. And then we had a good I laugh. pull it up like every three or four months. Cause it's amazing. Awesome. 
And then Onward. I have not watched it. I was going to ask you guys if you've seen Onward. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I don't love the art style. You know, kind of like yeah, the really. The trailers never appealed to me. So I just haven't and watched it. They, oh, ne- they never. And I'm like a fantasy fan. I like. I never, I've never really gotten into like Dungeons and Dragons or any of that jazz, but I, I really enjoy a good fantasy, so I'll, I'll typically give them a watch or give it a chance. But the trailers turned me off because I don't love all like the blubby, cartoony, really hokey design. Yeah, it looks like a DreamWorks movie. It does. And, you know, everyone's really weird proportions, and it's just kind of, I don't know. It just did not, did not resonate with me in that way. We watched that one. Did that like come straight to disney plus it was in theaters briefly okay yeah yeah, we watched it back in end of the spring i think very forgettable i didn't even remember the title (laughs) it's a little paint by numbers a little bit yeah i didn't enjoy it yeah i am pretty excited for soul which uh yeah disney's decided to release on disney plus i think christmas day is that right is it christmas day yeah that looks way more pixar-y i mean it honestly looks a lot like inside out I love the trailer for that film just because I'm a big AJR fan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's that, that song is that song is just called like what's that track called? The Click. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that, oh wait, that's Overture. Overture. That's right. It's from the yeah. album The Click, yeah, but that's Overture. Overture. Yeah, yeah. I actually had not heard of them yeah. until I saw that trailer, and then I googled what the song was, and then I've listened, oh my I've listened to quite a few of their albums now. <laughs> On my on my list of woes of 2019 or 2020, I mean, I my wife for my birthday this year she got me she got us tickets to go see AJR in concert because I'm a huge fan, and she got us tickets to go see them and I was so jazzed and then they canceled of course because of coronavirus and that was one of the hardest hits thus far. I mean, that bummed me out. Yeah, so it looks cool. Um, I'm excited for that coming christmas i think that's really soon i don't even know if theaters are even open are there any theaters in st louis even open i don't know it's not going to st charles they are yeah (laughs) they're still open (laughs) yeah st charles you're out there getting covid (laughs) yeah whatever it's all right (laughs) not gonna be open for much longer though there's no way like i mean maybe amc survives but anything smaller i feel like they're all gonna go out of business yeah it's dark days so sad theaters they're already struggling. In yeah, I mean, there's there's talk that, you know, a bunch of these are going to close. And then there's going to be kind of a new era of theaters where, like, Disney will buy out a bunch of theaters. And this is just the place where you go see Disney movies. And they might, wow. like, you know, they might, like, make the theaters fancier and have certain incentives for seeing it in person. Maybe charge 30 bucks a ticket like you would for a concert, you know, and maybe you get some sort of souvenir. And there's lots of speculation uh, going around of like what's going to actually happen to movie theaters because huh. everyone seems pretty content sitting at home on their couches watching movies. I certainly am. Yeah. No, you're not. We both like the movie theater experience, giant screen and sound system. I, it depends yeah. on the movie. I would, it does that's true. I would gladly movie. pay 40 bucks and watch James Bond at home on my couch. I got a big TV and I got five one surround. But I don't need to go to the theater. Would you rather pay 15 bucks and watch it in the theater? Not if it's not an option. Well, yeah, <laughs> I guess on those terms. <laughs> if it was an option. Okay, I'll pay 15 bucks and watch it at home. Is uh, is Soul going to be behind a paywall or anything I don't think for so. Disney? I think the Mulan experiment failed. Yeah, well, it sucked, so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, a big Christopher Nolan IMAX movie, sure, I'd love to go see that in a the theater. But most movies, I really, I really don't care. 
I enjoy the theater experience not just because of the screen and audio. I just like going somewhere with the sole purpose of watching a movie. You know, just because like you're not yeah. distracted. Sure. You're more sure. in, you're more immersed. There's no option to pause, which really kind of locks you in more. Mm-hmm. And it's also I you know, there is something to be said for the immersion factor, especially with the sound system. Our sound systems, we can really upgrade them and make them great. But, man, when you get just, like, hit in the face with that cinema, boom. Yeah. That's but, yeah, like special. The, the positive of a theater isn't enough to risk health or anything for anybody to, to go right now. So, like, yeah. I mean, having a nice home theater set up, like, there's not that much much of a difference. So, Well, I also I have can... a different perspective than both of you because I have two, til- two children, and it's way harder oh, to get yeah. out. So, yeah. Good point. I got a cat. I mean, yeah, yeah, I can go later at I night. I have two but... dog children. <laughs> <laughs> but I just but, lock lock them in the bathroom and we're good. Yeah. David, I do agree that it's nice to have a place where you're not like distracted because I often pull, yeah. my, pull my phone out when I'm watching something at home or whatever. But if it's a brand new movie that I've never seen before, I can undistract myself at home. Sure. Yeah. Well, speaking of content that we've been consuming. Yes. Is this a, an inappropriate time to segue to what else we've been watching? No, let's do it. All right. Chris, what else What else non-Disney have you been watching of late? Well, other than Halloween Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Outlander, are you familiar with that show? No. Okay, well, it's, it's on Netflix. It's an AMC show, I believe. Maybe it's stars. I don't know. It's one of those. And it's all about, like, time travel and Scotland and... Hmm. It's a, more of a fantasy, though. It's not It's not sci-fi. It can be a bit intense. It's kind of on Game of Thrones level when it comes to expletives and obscenities. So it can be it can be a bit harsh and a bit tough to get through. But it's a pretty engaging production. You know, there's a lot of care and attention put into all of the outfits, props, and so forth. Music is awesome. You know, Bear McCreary kills the score. Uh, Cobra Kai is the big one that I'm into right now, which <laughs> Jordan turned me on to. Have you guys seen that? No, no. I'm not, I've probably only seen Karate Kid once. So I, I really am not. That's not my I'm not the audience. I was not interested in this show at all. But then Jordan really kind of I guess he watched it on a bit of a whim. And I've only seen Karate Kid a handful of times. I only caught it on TV when I was a, a kid. And I got to say, the the way that it's structured, the way that it's written performed all all that jazz edited it all is so lovingly done that it is an absolutely charming and engaging show i recommend it is it the same actors it is wow absolutely is and and they all they just leave it all on the floor man they just they throw it out there it's great but that's it all right other than the other stuff we talked about david my number one recommendation from since February is to watch the show The Boys, which is oh, an yeah. Amazon original TV show. Uh-huh. Two seasons. Uh, the second season just came out in October. It's a parody of sorts on the superhero genre. The writing is amazing. The acting's amazing across the board. Like there's every single main character is appealing and has a interesting storyline. Sweet. <laughs> It's funny. It's like the world that they're in is like sort of X-Men-esque as far as like how you get your powers, but they have some good twists and stuff on it. And I'm not like a massive superhero fan. Like I'm not that into 
the Marvel movies or anything, but this mm-hmm. this show is the perfect amount of like dark comedy, action, drama. It was the perfect show for me. It was so great. Yeah, I've seen the first season and oh man, it drew me in. And I have not seen the second season, but that's on our list of things to get to. Once we get through Cobra Kai and Outlander, I'll circle yep. back. And then Mike recommended Nathan for You, which is a Comedy Central show oh. that's been out there for like a long time, since 2014, maybe. Chris, have you seen Nathan for You? No, I've, I've oh never even heard gosh. of this. What is this? It's like a Borat style comedy as far as like a guy goes into real life situations and is super awkward, but the people he's with oh. don't really know that he's an actor. So he just makes really funny scenarios trying to help small businesses come up with ways to increase their business. It's so funny. Yeah, oh, it's, like, awesome. it's like Restaurant Impossible, you know, where this guy who's an expert in restaurants comes in and helps people fix their restaurants. But it's like this guy goes into small businesses, but he's he's trying to, he, but he suggests the most ridiculous things. But because they're on TV, they go with it. And I oh imagine most of it's real. I mean, it's hard to tell Man. sometimes. Does it ever harm their businesses? It's never anything like that. Uh, mean spirit. Yeah, that mean spirit. It's like, okay. It's like, I mean, what's one of the first episodes is there's a frozen yogurt restaurant and they're trying to get more business. And so he suggests creating a poo flavor <laughs> because they can promote it. And because it's so weird, it'll, it'll attract customers to come try the poo flavor. But like he goes yeah. in, he goes to these incredible lengths to actually get the thing done. So he like hires flavor scientists that create it and they do focus groups to what? find like the best poo flavor. But it's all these people that think they're just in a real focus group. Well, they are in a, you know, they are in a real focus group, you know, taste testing and these scientists that like they're hired to do it. So they're going to do it. And so they go through all these processes and then they ultimately release it. And then, you know, they have interviews with the kids trying it, and they're like, yeah, it kind of tastes like poo. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm trying to think there's so many oh and it's gosh. four seasons and each episode has two or three different things. And what, where is this? Where, where could I watch uh, it's it? It's all on Hulu. Uh, it's a comedy, uh, it's a comedy central show. It's all, it's all on Hulu. It's called Nathan for you. I'm trying to think. Nathan I mean, it's so, you. when you, when you try to explain it, it sounds so stupid, but like he is, No, I'm into it. He is incredibly, like he's, he's, he's always straight faced and he's super, oh, awkward, wow. and he's super awkward. His character is, it's hilarious. Are the people good sports when they, when they like kind of figure it out? Yeah, it depends there's oh, there's one some of them get pissed there's one where it's like this electronic store that's right next to a best buy or something and they're you know they keep getting you know price matched by best buy and so nathan's like well do you know what you're gonna charge five dollars for your tv but there's all these catches they have to make it through this door and through another door and in between the doors we're gonna put an alligator <laughs> like he gets like a real alligator and sticks it there so they're like no oh way. five dollar tv has gotta make it through this door and they open the door and you know it's just it's silly stuff like that sounds like a good time it's so funny that sounds crazy entertaining how about you mike i've watched so much since february because i had a child and we we're in a pandemic and so I would, yes. you know, my wife would go to sleep at like eight o'clock and I would just hold Abby from, you know, nine to eight to midnight or 1am so that Mallory could sleep a little bit. And then I'd go to bed for, for like months. And so like, I, I keep track on this app called letterbox of like all the movies I've watched and it's, Oh yeah. It's quite the scroll for a few, for a few months, but, um, I watched Contagion and Outbreak back to back. <laughs> like back Whoa. When did you jump into those? Back in like April. 
Ah, uh, okay. They're both very good movies. Contagion is way more serious. It's amazing how how exact it is to like real life. <laughs> You know, so it, it, it feels kind of spooky. Things, oh yeah, it's super spooky. And then Outbreak is is more of like an action movie about a disease that gets out. They both have their merits. If you if you want to watch a movie about a pandemic or about a virus spreading, they're both pretty pretty decent. I watched Punch Drunk Love for the first time. Just a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Never seen it. Was starring Adam Sandler and PTA. Yeah, Adam Sandler. Yeah, PTA movies kind of are hit or miss for me. I mean, he made mm-hmm. he made. Uh, there will be blood and boogie nights and inherent vice. And I like, and don't like some of those phantom thread, the master. I mean, he just makes a lot of odd movies. Punch, punch drunk love was amazing. Uh, Adam Sandler is incredible in it. I know he got a lot of rave reviews for, um, what's the diamond movie he was in uncut gems. Uncut gems. Yeah. Which he's great in that, but he's, he's incredible in punch drunk love. I like movies that where like reality is just slightly skewed. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, it's just oh, yeah. like, Things are just like a little bit off. And this is just one of those movies. I mean, the IMDb description is a psychologically troubled novelty supplier. He just like sells random crap. Is nudged towards a romance with an English woman, all while being extorted by a phone sex line run by a crooked mattress salesman. who's played by uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's awesome. And, (laughs) and, And purchasing stunning amounts of pudding. He's like obsessed with like couponing and buying pudding to try to win point, get these points to like have this trip to, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just a quirky, weird movie, but it's so, like it was riveting. Whoa. I loved it. Punch, okay. Punch Drunk Love. Highly recommend it. All right. I think I found it on Netflix or something. Anything else? I watched, I, I went through like an eighties, nineties action movie phase for a few ah. weeks. So I watched like Predator all these movies I'd never seen before. Predator and Running Man and yeah. uh, Robocop. And ah, my favorite, my, my favorite of the bunch was Demolition Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Wesley Snipes. Never seen it. Amazing. Never seen it. I love all the the Alien and Predator movies are pretty awesome. Demolition Man is fantastic. It kind of it, it sort of fits into like Fifth Element kind of vibes. Really futuristic, but like weird futuristic technology. Uh, Surreal dystopia kind of whatever. Yeah, I watched a movie called Train to Busan, which is a Korean zombie movie, where a zombie outbreak happens. Um, but there's a bunch of people on a train while it happens, so they're all safe, but no one else is. And so this train keeps getting attacked by zombies. It's kind of awesome. And I watched uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which I hadn't seen in years and years and years and years. Never seen it. The uh, Steven Spielberg movie. It is amazing. It is the so score good. is supposed to be like out of this world. It's John Williams right? classic. Right. Yes. It's a John Williams, one of his yes. hallmarks. I had seen Close Encounters a long time ago, but uh, it is it is very good. Um, and just today, I watched On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which oh, yeah? could maybe be one of the... I would put it in my top three favorite James Bond movies. It is so good. And it is incredibly underrated because it's it's the one movie where George Lazenby played James Bond. There have been six Bond actors. Is that right? Yeah. Connery, rest, rest in peace. Ah, uh, yes. And then after You Only Live Twice, Connery bailed. And they brought in this Australian model named George Lazenby to play Bond. What? But then he was like convinced by his manager that he shouldn't keep doing it because he'd just be thought of James Bond for the rest of his life. And so they convinced Connery to come back for one more Diamonds Are Forever. And then after Diamonds Are Forever, Roger Moore started. So Lazenby is just this one off. And I think he's great. And this and movie. he's still only known as James now Bond. Now he's still only that is correct. <laughs> so the Bond movies, what I love about them in general is A, they are great just time capsules. You know, I, yeah. you watch like, one of the first few, maybe Goldfinger. You know, there's a sequence where he just like walks through an airport and they play the James Bond music. 
but it's because back in the 60s not everyone had been in an airport before so it was like really cool to see james bond walk through an airport you know there's like all these things that you wouldn't think of today but they're just these incredible time capsules and they're also just amazing travel logs the locations that they go to in those movies are stunning and in honor majesty's secret service most of it takes place in switzerland which is just beautiful as is but they actually go to Switzerland and they film all these scenes in Switzerland. And, you know, the bad guy base is this literal, actual, like, science research facility that is built on the top of a mountain, which you can go to now, which David and I have been to, um, called Pease Gloria. Whoa. And, they, you know, they film in all these relocations. And sure, You've there's been some... been there twice. Yeah, I've been there twice. Sure, <laughs> there's some, like, rear projection stuff, but the large majority of it is real. And they got people skiing down mountains and these innovative... The camera techniques where they like hung a guy off a helicopter to film, you know, these skiers. And it's just, it's a beautiful movie. And it's, like I said, it's very underrated because it's George Lazenby and no one even thinks of him as James Bond. I got a question about that film. Yes. Have you ever noticed a similarity of that score with another famous score, like film score? No. I mean, it has a pretty classic theme song. The Honor and Majesty Secret Service theme song is one of the few instrumental Bond theme songs. I've always thought it sounds a lot like Incredibles. Oh, sure. I've always, it seems like almost well familiar. Well, it's certainly, and I, I know Michael Giacchino, I'm sure, would admit that he based the Incredible score off of the old Bond scores. Oh, I, I, I would certainly agree. But there was a, I had heard the Incredible score first, and then through my years of score collection, I came across that one, and I was like, what, is this for real? Well, OHMSS <laughs> came out in 1969. so <laughs> Right. So it's like, okay, well, clearly one is aping the other, and the one that's brand new is well, the and one the, doing the, the copying. The score in that movie is amazing. It's one of my favorite Bond scores. It's, it's very good. It's a John Barry classic, and it's got some Louis Armstrong in it as well, singing, uh, We have all the time in the world. It has like a second Bond theme song. It's fantastic. I highly recommend it. I would say that Casino Royale and You Only Live Twice are probably my three favorite Bond movies. And it'd be a good Christmas time watch. Yes. Because it's Christmas time in the movie. It is, an, it is, oh. a, is a perfect Christmas movie. Perfect. It's also one of the longest Bond movies. It's about two and a half hours. But it's just, I don't know. It's, it it's has such a great vibe. And it's beautiful. Okay. It is beautiful. I love it. Every time I watch it, I like it more. Okay, so let's just talk about Raya and the Last Dragon real quick to wrap this up. <laughs> there is a trailer out, which I don't know if you guys watched. I just saw it today. I did. I watched it twice in a row because you when you sent it over. My whole life, I trained to become a guardian of the Dragon Gem. But this world has changed. And its people are divided. Now, to restore peace, I must find the last dragon. My name is Raya. I know, I know they've been working on it for many years, but it seemed like they're trying to redeem themselves from Mulan. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> 
Yikes. It looks really neat. Um, there were a lot of comments on YouTube saying it looked a lot like Avatar, which I'm not familiar with Avatar Last Airbender. Oh my whatever, gosh, so. are you not? No, I'm not. Oh. Raya, Raya, I think they're calling it. Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, it's supposed to come out um, in March. It's directed by Don Hall, who directed the 2011 Winnie the Pooh, Big Hero 6, and he was one of the co-directors of Moana. Um, and, and this will also be directed by a guy named Carlos Lopez Estrada, who's a Mexican-American uh, director. He directed a movie in 2018 called Blind Spotting, which I've heard of, but I've not seen. He's also set to direct a live-action slash CGI remake of Disney's Robin Hood, which, whatever that's going to be. Does that mean they're going to have realistic-looking CG foxes? Oh, no, 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 come on, no, no! <laughs> this has got to stop! Golly. That's all, That's how I interpret that. A live action slash CGI remake of Robin Hood. We cannot live in a world like this, Disney. This cannot continue. So uh, this movie, <sighs> this movie is or will star um, Kelly Marie Tran of uh, Star Wars Episode Eight and Nine. Oh, you're gonna fame. love it. Cause you love Episode Eight. <laughs> She's the best part of that movie. Uh, that character is awful. <laughs> I cannot. Kelly Marie Tran seems like a lovely person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That the character, she really does. Her character, the character is what is, the problem is. is terrible. And I, I feel so bad for her. Her The directing of her her character is terrible. Yeah. But so I the, do the not fact fault her. That they have her, she kisses Finn, and then in episode nine, they're just broken up. Oh, my up. gosh. <laughs> what a mess. Well, it's, I, man, I'm it's... still pissed that they didn't let Finn sacrifice himself right there. That, did, sure. that scene doesn't make any sense when she says whatever that that's not how we we don't win this by whatever that BS fighting what is. we hate yeah. but saving what we love especially because they didn't do anything useful with fan like become a Jedi <sighs> in the last one uh, he just got to ride on it. space horses on top of a star destroyer you guys are souring my evening by rehashing these memories so, but Raya oof. and the last dragon does look a lot like Avatar clicking through the trailer you know actually what's kind of funny is that Whenever I saw Last Jedi, I, I remember distinctly thinking, man, she's probably like, she'd be a great voice actor, which is not to say like, oh, she's not appealing otherwise. It's just like, I remember her voice kind of sticking with me. I was like, hey, you know, she's probably got talent there. Well, there you go. <laughs> Kelly Marie Tran and, and Aquafina, the, the comedian, um, are the lead. Who? Aquafina. I don't know what her She's in is. Crazy Rich Asians. I think she was like a you, online YouTube celebrity slash comedian slash has g- gone bigger and better than that now. It's not a bottled water company. <laughs> Aquafina. No, she spells it like A-K-W-A-F-I-N-A. Oh, okay. I'm sure it's referenced right. to the what bottled water for some reason. but um, So the, the plot of this movie is uh, long ago in the fantasy world of Kamundra, humans and dragons live together in harmony, but when sinister monsters known as the Droon threaten the land, the dragons sacrifice themselves to save humanity. Now, 500 years later, those same monsters have returned, and it's up to a lone warrior named Raya, Raya to track down the last dragon in order to finally stop the Droon for good. And we've also like had animated dragon movies before, so I'm kind of, it's kind of interesting that they're doing this. How to Train Your Dragons franchise is quite popular from, uh, from our friends at DreamWorks. So yeah, I mean that's there's a trailer out. You can check it out, and that'll be coming out uh, in March theoretically. In theaters, March twenty first. I don't believe you, Disney. Yeah, yeah well, we'll see. <laughs> Unless <laughs> you create your own movie theaters, which have uh, individual bubbles for people. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, well, we'll be watching that on Disney Plus in uh, April. <laughs> yeah, that is the most likely outcome, I think. Chris, 
any final thoughts on this uh, reunion episode? Well, it's really good to see you guys again, which honestly is not that different than how we did all of these episodes previously. So, <laughs> so it's not that different, but it, it was good. David, any final thoughts? Well, it was good seeing you, Chris. David, man, such a joy. It's good to, to be back in the face. same state as you. Hey, I can't say my, the same city because I don't know if St. Charles is technically St. Louis. No, it's close. It's just we're separated by a river. You're I'm, in. I'm UC, right on the UC. border UC. of St. Louis City. U City is almost there, so I can say I'm in St. Louis. I think I'm getting closer and closer to like hanging out with you in person. <laughs> have you have you ever met in person? No, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> We're friends on Facebook. Does that uh, count? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, I'm here in I'm here in the city of St. Louis, and uh, I'll say thank you to all of you who listened to this. I hope someone listened to this. At the very least, we had some fun catching up and uh, talking a little Disney. So, one day I'll be back in the theme parks. One day we'll be able to see Raya and the Last Dragon. And uh, maybe one day we'll have another episode of this show. So thank you for listening. Thank you for those of you who have been listening since we've finished back in February. I mean, I said we've had 7,000 downloads since then. So that's not nothing. It's not nothing. No. Have a good Thanksgiving. Have a good Christmas. And uh, or whatever other holiday you may celebrate. Happy holidays. And uh, we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Godspeed.